Something's going on contrary to the laws of the Doctor Who podcast. I must find out what. Hello dear listeners and welcome to a very special edition of the Doctor Who podcast, special number 19. Michelle, I know you like keeping track of my numbering systems. Yes indeed, and I had no idea whether this was going to be a special. I'm very happy to be feeling special this morning and I'm happy to be sneaking in one more <laughs> recording before the end of 2021. Yes, and and this is very much what this episode is. It's an additional sneaky unplanned kind of farewell to 2021 from a from a who perspective i can't even remember when 2021 really began i mean i know it started in january yeah yep, yep. Right, <laughs> right after december 2020 <laughs> yes so in terms of the who diary the first thing in 2021 presumably was revolution of the daleks Indeed, that was a New Year's special from a year ago, and I was thinking back, trying to remember what I thought of it, which is the problem with much of the the Chibnall era. But as I recall, I feel like that was one that we thought, well, that's good, but not great. And, you know, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't fantastic as, you know, as I'm trying to think back. Is that what you recall? Well, I think that phrase has been used about so many episodes we we would have had seven brand new episodes that's mm. right isn't it if mm-hmm. we include revolution of the daleks and i think it was okay it wasn't brilliant sums up all seven i guess was it this year we learned both that chibnall and jodie whittaker would be leaving at the same time and also that rtd <laughs> would be coming those those are those are pretty big news items yeah. and, and they'll yeah, keep, yeah. keep the buzz going for a while yeah, I, I can't remember precisely when it was that we found out that Chibnall and Whitaker were leaving, but it was certainly the earlier part of the year, I think. And, you know, I, I was taken by surprise a little. I, I, I think that was nothing in comparison to my surprise at Russell mm, T. Davis' mm-hmm, mm-hmm. return. If you're not really close to Doctor Who fandom, how big a deal is this? I mean, yes, Russell T. Davis was reported in national papers or his return was reported in national newspapers not on the front page but you know probably buried halfway through the entertainment news and so on and and it was picked up by all manner of different geeky news sites online as well but ultimately i still think that the average viewer is not really going to be all that familiar with the names of the production staff and um, people behind the camera, so to speak. Interesting, and 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 here in the United States, and I'm probably not a good, not a good sample size, but I know in terms of my my colleagues, um, people know what Doctor Who is, which they never knew, of course, back when I was into it in the '80s. Right. But I don't think that most of the public here has any clue that these changes are happening. You know, the folks I know know what Doctor Who is. Most of them are not watching it. 
actively. Mm, um, mm. You know, when I say I'm a Doctor Who fan, they know what I'm talking about. But um, I think the buzz here is much less than it was, say, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's it's something which we do occasionally on the DWP, where we talk about the way fandom operates um, in America uh, and how different it is to that in the UK. And my, my view generally is a very top-level observation, this, but Doctor Who fans in America seem to be much cooler than they're considered over in the UK. It's not seen as a nerdy, unsocial thing, which... it still is a little bit uh, in the UK. It's nowhere near as as geeky as it was in the classic era. But with, with, with Americans, certainly, I, I get the impression that some of the commentary, in fact, most of the commentary on, on Doctor Who is much more considered and deeper, if that makes sense. If you asked 100 people in the UK, have you heard of Doctor Who? I think you probably get 95 percent mm-hmm, of them mm-hmm. saying yes we have mm-hmm. however they will know very little other than it's a police box it's about time travel that kind of stuff whereas my view and it could be completely wrong is that if you were to ask 100 people in america have you heard of doctor who you may get about five who say mm-hmm. yes and of those five their knowledge about the show's history will be significantly broader or deeper than those in the UK who are just aware of it. There's probably more than 5% that would have heard it. And certainly I'd say during the peak of maybe the Matt Smith era, I think Doctor Who probably got as close to mainstream here in the United States as it as it ever had been. I think mm. I would think at least maybe half of the people would have at least heard of Doctor Who. I do think it would be a small fraction that would have a deep knowledge of Doctor Who. And I, I think they would still be considered probably by mainstream as as that kind of geeky fringe but but there was but there was a time i think when doctor who was pretty well known over here and i think that we're beyond that time now uh, again so people know what it is saying it well and they may know nothing other than it's a british science fiction show they may not even know about a tardis or maybe something about a character that regenerates um but i do think that we have kind of receded back into being kind of a niche fandom but but there are a lot of niche fandoms in the United States, and maybe that's what is a little more normalized here. I'm, not, you know, um, whether and and not even just science fiction, you know. So, I do think that there has been a waning in terms of mainstream interest in the show here. Um, but there are so many ways to keep a show going that I'm not that worried about it going forward, and we'll just see what happens with with RTD. Let's broaden the conversation. 2021 has been about a lot more than just seven episodes of televised Doctor Who. There's been more going on in the franchise, in the in the the, the different kinds of media. And I know mm. that you are into the Blu-rays. Um, what, what were some highlights oh, yeah. this year? Well, um, I think I'm writing saying there were at least three sets released. That was seasons 8, 17, and 24, And it's not so much the stories, although I do love the stories, and it's great to watch them in what I consider to be the highest 
possible quality. Lots of these episodes have been cleaned up. Others, you know, they're simply not able to do so. But it's just a way of revisiting specific eras and stories of the show for me, uh, which is all I really want from Doctor Who. And um, the the thing that terrifies me, so you, you know most fans have a, an inbuilt alarm system about hiatus or cancellation that is slowly decreasing in intensity in my own brain um, because I'm not that bothered about the show continuing uh, in that way the thing that really worries me is that they stop producing the blu-rays before they've released every single season because that will leave me with the Doctor Who fans nightmare which will be the shelf won't work (laughs) you'll have gaps gaps yeah gaps and missing series you know on the shelf that makes my heart beat far far quicker than the possibility of there not being a televised 14th doctor or something (laughs) well i have to say one of the things that i am most jealous of being on the other side of the world here is that you get to go to the bfi and and oh yes see the you know the the events that go around the release of these blu-rays well you have been haven't you well yeah yeah um, well and i was there for as you know the 50th anniversary showing so i can't i can't mm. complain too much and and to be fair that's not a bad event to attend if you're going to go to one Mm -hmm. of let's say a hundred over the last 10 years you chose pretty much the best one to go to in my view um, but the the format of those events hasn't really changed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pretty much the same as when you you went. Um, it, they're introduced by the same two individuals, um, Justin Johnson and Dick Fiddy. There you go. They're both employed by the British Film Institute, and I've interviewed them for the DWP many years ago now. And uh, they are very aware that they have essentially created a home for Doctor Who on the South Bank in London. Um, And it all started within the 50th anniversary year in 2013, nearly 10 years ago, Michelle, nearly 10 years ago. And the Blu-ray releases have enabled them to just showcase a story from each season as and when it's released. So there's been at least three this year. Uh, And that's not including the animated episodes, of which Galaxy 4 and Evil of the Daleks are the the two most recent. Uh, So I've been back to the BFI quite a bit this year uh, despite the fact that you never know whether these performances are going to get cancelled or not but um, it's really good to have a kind of physical base for Doctor Who. And that that's lovely. I remember fondly back in the 80s going to the monthly Doctor Who fan club meetings in my my area and and that's a time at which it really was a niche <laughs> fandom. Yeah, but, um, yeah. And I miss that. There's, there, I suppose, other than going to the occasional convention nowadays, um, there's the virtual version, which we kind of do here in the camper van, but but nothing like getting <laughs> together in person to watch Doctor Who together with fans. Um, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy it. But of course, you know, you as you get older, the way that you celebrate your own Doctor Who fandom evolves, develops, and changes. And what's important to you, one particular year is no longer that important to you five or six years down the line and and um watching doctor who as a community or with a whole bunch of other fans used to be very very important to me and uh, it was great you just used to go along and a whole bunch of like-minded individuals lots of events it's changed now a bit um and it's not necessarily for the good um I, I think the pandemic has had an impact on absolutely everything 
And so you do have concerns about going to these events that you didn't have beforehand. You know, you're going to be in a venue with a few hundred people who you don't know. And that is in the back of your mind, even if you don't articulate it. You know, when when I was sitting recently at the BFI, we watched, what did we watch? City of Death with uh, with Adam, mm-hmm. which uh, I've not actually recorded uh, a piece about yet, but we will do fairly soon. That was a very, very long event. It was great, and all of the material that we were watching was fun to see. But the venue, NFT1, was so hot, and people were taking jumpers off and so on and yet you had to wear your mask as well there was no social distancing you know all of that kind of stuff it plays a part um and i was gradually moving toward moving away from watching multiple episodes of a classic story at the same time anyway Mm. um i've always been a fan of saying well look just watch especially the 60s and 70s stories one episode at a time give it a couple of days possibly even longer between episodes and your enjoyment is actually uh well my enjoyment in particular is richer Mm -hmm. uh, for, for, for the gap i i think watching four episodes of City of Death, which is a fantastic story, back-to-back, is challenging for me now. Mm. So if if you couple that with the pandemic and the fact that, you know, my hearing is not as good as it used to be, I need the loo more than I used to. (laughs) So, you know, I I don't necessarily want the same kind of things from my fandom as I did all those those years ago. So whilst I I hear what you're saying loud and clear, and I, I, I can really see the attraction of something like the BFI events to someone who lives in America. Um, it's it's not as rewarding an experience as it used to be. And I am wondering whether or not actually the next phase of me celebrating this franchise that's been with me all my life is just to sit at home and watch it more. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that brings up another form of media that that we really do almost always tend to experience solo, uh, and that's Big Finish. Big Finish had a good year. Yeah, Big Finish are becoming so prolific, and with the recent news that their license has been extended, I think for another eight years. Yay! Um, which is amazing. I'm yeah. ever so pleased about that. Big news from 2021 for them, obviously the license renewal, but also um, Ninth Doctor's back. Yeah, absolutely. How far you got in that series? Uh, I've listened to the first two box sets, um, so Ravagers and uh, Respond Respond to to All all calls. Calls. Yes, indeed. And I think we were in agreement that Ravagers was a bit confusing, <laughs> had some of the same issues that Flux had, I think, in terms of trying <laughs> yeah. too much at, at once. But um, but Respond to All Calls is brilliant. Uh, and I, I, I think we're in agreement on that. Highly recommended. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to um, spend some time at the end of our Nine Live series, um, or at least perhaps I think I've discussed it with Ian already, actually, or at least I have in my head. So it may not necessarily have happened in real life, but um, we, um, we we will extend the Nine Live series to cover uh, the Big Finish audios as well. So we will start taking a look at those stories in some detail next year i i've listened to the third box set now as well which is called lost warriors which um is actually for me 
is the first slip up in the range, um, particu- particularly the middle story, um, which is set in Scotland, um, but it features the real Lady Macbeth. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's you know, it, as a concept, it's quite interesting, but it was the first story that really lost me. Um, the first story on the set was actually quite good. I enjoyed that. And the last one is extremely good. Oh, okay. uh, but it's um, so overall, it's still a success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Eccleston, I have to say, is generally on the money. He's not all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of those stories, I think he's a little bit too enigmatic mm. um, and his speech is a little too fast. Um, and I can see what he's aiming for, looking at some of the early episodes he did on TV. But he's not quite there yet all the time. Okay. Well, I look forward to watching that. Watching. I look forward to listening to that. Perhaps less exciting is it this year wrapped up the monthly series at Big Finish. Yeah. Which I, I think I think that impacted you more than it did me, to be honest. I mean, I, I was about two years behind in that range anyway probably more to be honest and i think i'd have been more concerned had it been the end of the format so in other words had they decided to stop running four-part stories for any of the doctors that they'd started you know so you know from davison onwards i'm not particularly bothered by the fact that they wrapped up the monthly series to you know focus on box sets or smaller story arcs that it it that didn't trouble me at all. It was just uh, an interesting thing. You talk about the longevity, and I, I, I can't remember what year they started that. That was notable, although I think we didn't think it was the strongest story to end on, um, the beginning of the, or the end of the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it was time maybe to go off and use that creativity differently. But, you know, there's loads of other things this mm-hmm. year, uh, mm-hmm. a big finish. I mean, the Dalek Universe um, epic placed the 10th Doctor in Dalek Mania. Uh, was 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 fascinating. Mm. Such good stuff to listen to. Um, so I think that's been fantastic, and I, I have really enjoyed the War Doctor uh, begins box sets with Jonathan Carley or Carsley. Either way, I've I've got his name wrong at least once there. Performing a, a young War Doctor, uh, and and the stories again are just so carefully and intricately designed. I've, I've, I've thoroughly been enjoying those. Um, and I cannot keep up. I mean, the ones you just mentioned, I, I do an awful lot of listening to Big Finish, um, you know, several stories every month, and, I, and yet I have not, <laughs> I haven't touched the sets you just described. So, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. It's, it's very difficult, really, just to center in on a number of releases and say that was representative of an entire 12 month scheduling it's uh it's simply not the case they've got releases everywhere now and and the vast majority of them i have to say i've enjoyed mm-hmm. there are some clunkers out there um and it's, but but they are the exception to the rule they are the exception to the rule um and there's there's not that many reviewers these days who are willing to say that they don't think a particular story or release is very good for various different reasons and i think that's a massive backward step which is why certainly here at the dwp we will always tell you what we think of a particular (laughs) story good or bad um but this there seems to be some kind of um move towards well you either give it a positive review and you say what you like or you don't say anything at all and i think that is an absolute nonsense when you're reviewing a show because you lose all context and also mm-hmm. saying nothing at all on a podcast is quite tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dead air is kind of less interesting. <laughs> Indeed. 
Okay, well, let's just have a quick word about the other thing that's been keeping me entertained, certainly over the last uh, few months, and that's the animations of the lost episodes or the missing episodes um two in particular evil of the daleks which i think we'll be discussing with our friends at who and company yes drew and brent our, fairly soon our annual january reunion I, 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 that's going to be interesting i mean spoilers <laughs> evil of the daleks was a massive disappointment for me as a story i mean i love the animation and i love watching it again but the actual story itself which i was not that familiar with beyond episode one for me i did not enjoy oh well thank you for that spoiler since i haven't actually watched it yet but but i mean i have i have read i think i've read the target novel um so i i have a pretty good idea what the story entails but obviously have never seen it on screen. So so I yeah. reserve my opinion. I, I do look forward to any story that's animated. Um, and we've got the Abominable Snowman, I think, on its way next year. That's something which I, I will be looking at. Now, now, yes, and for. that is one that I have neither read nor explored Ooh, in well, other ways. Well, so. you're in for a treat. That mm -hmm. is a good story as well. Yeah. And I've, I I think I've read the novel. I think I've listened to the audio. I'm very familiar with it. Uh, so I, I am going to really enjoy that release. We started the year with Daleks. Um, we'll be starting 2022 with Daleks by the looks of things as well. Even the Daleks is going to be airing at the weekend. Yes. You know, looking forward to it. I have followed a little bit of the press releases about this. I've seen the trailer, um, so I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say it looks like it's going to be dealing with a time loop. Uh, I've also heard it described as a romantic comedy with Daleks, so I'm going to try and set my expectations to lighthearted, and we shall see. Yeah, I've not looked at much of the publicity on this one. Um, I've, I've seen a couple of confusing trailers <laughs> that I think are just looping around. So they're kind of playing on the Groundhog Day riff. But um, yeah, more Daleks at Christmas. That will be Daleks every year for Chris Chibnall's era, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. The story is always paramount for me, whether mm -hmm. they feature or Daleks mm -hmm. or not is secondary. Um, it does look as though it's going to be very different from anything we saw this year as uh, as part of Flux. Uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And then, of course, we have the final two episodes in this era transmitting next year. Um, and, and then we presumably are not going to have any Doctor Who for a year because if, if, if Jodie Whittaker's final episode transmits in October, mm -hmm. which is when the BBC celebrates its 100th anniversary, and Russell T Davies' first episode will be a year later, so November 2023. That means that we'll have no festive special at all next mm. year. Well, that will be a disappointment. That's not particularly festive. No. So, okay. I, I mean, on the one hand, as you have already mentioned, I'm okay without Doctor Who on screen for a while because we have so much else to keep us entertained. Um, but it is, it is sad to give up a festive special. So overall then, Michelle, uh, 2021, Doctor Who, you know, it's it's 
it's been busy, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been busy for us on the podcast getting together again and talking about the shows after they've they've aired. But compared to say the previous year, I mean, is is has it been a good one for you? I think it has been. I I think I have enjoyed the buzz that Flux generated. I feel like twenty twenty was almost no man's land. Um, you'd think that with the pandemic and all that extra time at home, we'd have spent more time podcasting and more time with Doctor Who and, and, and all of that. And yet I think somehow we were sort of stunned deer in the headlights and, and, and it took mm. a while to, to, to catch our stride again. And I think that, that certainly in terms of the podcast and the way we connect, that has been growing and growing and growing over the course of 2021. So that, that, you know, that has been personally fulfilling and, and, fandomly fulfilling. I don't know what the right term is. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, you know, lots of big finish. I've been reading the novels too, which we won't even go into going back and revisiting the old Virgin and BBC novels. Yeah, right. uh, so there's mm. that whole aspect of it and Target um, and some Doctor Who on TV and, and, and you know, almost 60 years of past catalog to watch. Um, so it's been good. I, I think it's been good and I look forward to 2022. Mm. Yeah. I think I'm probably with you on that. Um, it's It's been fun this year. It feels like it's been busier than 2020. I'm not actually sure that's true um, in, in terms of watching Doctor Who or the amount of media that I'm consuming in one way or another. But on the whole, it, it feels as though the series and the franchise is in a reasonably good place as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, the, the more Big Finish do the happier I am because it means there's an absolute slush pile of stuff for me to get through and uh, generally speaking as we said earlier I I very much appreciate their their output these days Mm -hmm. so I don't like saying that my approach or the way I feel about Doctor Who is largely dependent on an offshoot from the main series because that is essentially what Big Finish is but at the same time, I can't really deny reality. And uh, the things that I get really excited about these days are the audio plays, not so much the the stuff on TV. Although I have enjoyed talking about it um, during the, uh, the the six week period when it was on my my teddy box in my front room, mm. which you know arguably is where it should be. <laughs> we will be back in just a few short days time to discuss more brand new Doctor Who, Eva the Daleks. We don't know who will be there <laughs> from the DWP team just yet, uh, but the chances are it will be me. You can't stop me talking <laughs> about Doctor Who, plus one other <laughs> at least. So we hope you will join us in, in a few days. In the meantime, get in touch with us. You should know how by now. Feedback at the Doctor Who Podcast.com, at the DR Who Podcast on Twitter, or search for the Doctor Who Podcast on Facebook. Michelle, it's been great speaking to you for the last, well, however long it's been. It feels like time is just, it always feels as though time passes very quickly when I speak to you, but it's probably been about four hours or so. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny, it feels like four hours to me. No, it's been a delight, and it has been a delight, mm. dear listeners, to have you on this journey with us throughout 2021. Uh, Happy New Year. We hope that your 2022 is <laughs> leaps and bounds better than 2021 and 2020. So, uh, any rate, Thanks for the journey here in the camper van, and we look forward to another year of travels. Wonderful. Bye for now, everybody. Bye-bye.
That was the Doctor Who podcast, which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it in to feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Take care. And um, it, it's very easy to say, and lots of people have said this in, you know, through, sorry, I'll say that again.